the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Happy Thursday, friends. Welcome to The Common Good here on AIM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. Really glad to have you with us. Uh, so let's talk about this. You, I, I, Before Christmas, I saw an article about this over at the Gospel Coalition. And the, art, the, the title stuck with me. It's just called How to Gain an Audience and Lose Your Soul. Mm. You and I speak on a regular basis, but quite frankly, you get paid to speak at places. Yeah. You get paid to uh, write books and stuff yeah. like that. And so your public persona is very important. Your uh, Another word for it would be platform. Sure, sure. Your, it's a small platform, but it is part of what I but do. But part of yeah. what you do requires the growing of a platform. Yes, absolutely. That's and true. And you and I have a radio show. Part of what we do yeah. requires the growing of a platform. Yes. Even as pastors, yep. that is uh, that is the case. And so this person was just asking this question. Can um, you look to gain an audience, mm. build a platform, gain influence, and mm. in the process lose your soul. You and I tend to think of these as pastors, but this is for all of us as Christ followers. What do you think just about that premise? How do you wrestle with that as somebody who, for whom platform is probably important? Yeah, I do think. And I don't mean important like to your ego. It's important to your job. Part of the role. Part of the role. I do think it's something to be aware of. Like just, am I, am I posting today from a place of, um, Authenticity, wanting to encourage other people, wanting to really think about my audience, or am I posting today because, oh, I need to post today. If I don't, I might lose followers and blah, 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 blah. Or, or you ha- I think you also have to be mindful of like posting just for likes or just for hits or whatever. I actually have a friend who is actually an influencer, meaning she gets paid by companies to, to post. How okay? does that ever happen? Um, her story is unique because she lives in the Dominican Republic and she's a chef. Oh, okay. And so she's built a little bit of a personality as a chef. And so companies like Hershey, for example, in DR mm. will pay her to post about chocolate, put it in recipes, that kind of thing. For I don't know how it happens to other people. That was just her story. It's a little bit unique. But she has confided in me that it can. it's good money. She likes it. It's easy. And yet she finds herself constantly thinking about the numbers and the followers and the, did this work? Did this not work? And she's Mm. like, if I'm not careful, this thing can take over my soul. And so I just think it's an important question for anyone who has a small platform or a big platform that's concerned with audience. Mm -hmm. How do you make sure that you are not losing your soul? And I think there are people do it without losing their souls. You know, I think you just have to have that balance. Like this is my work. This isn't my identity. And I'm doing this for other people to encourage, bring honor, whatever, rather than making it all about me. Yeah. They quote this audience capture here is a Faustian trade. I'm not really sure what Faustian trade is, but you're going to, yeah, you're going to get to, uh, it's so funny how the world we live in now. When I saw that F A U S T I A N, I thought it was Fauci, (laughs) (laughs) but it says this, 
fame for personhood, celebrity for integrity, and public attention for public decency. And uh, they're going to go on to say here, that's social media basically for you. See, this is what makes this difficult now, is because to gain a platform, really the vehicle for it is social media. Everybody can attain celebrity uh, if things break right for you on social media, on YouTube, and other things. And so the real question before us is, how do you keep your integrity and your soul when Jesus didn't tra- didn't didn't look for a platform? Yeah, he didn't look yeah. for notoriety. He right. gained it. Right. Um, we don't. We see a lot in the Bible talking against it, talking more about humility. Oh yes. I mean, this is the difficult. How do you do? How do we protect ourselves from this? How Man. do we protect ourselves? Here, before you chat, let me read a great quote they have okay. here in this article because it has Latin in it. You're going to enjoy it. Christians on social media should actively seek to live our online lives, quorum Dio, before the face of God, uh, not quorum auditorium, before the face of the audience. They just wrote this article because they wanted to use this. <laughs> I want to use quorum auditorium again. <laughs> Yeah, I always think about, um, or I don't always, I consistently come back to, I think it's King Herod, who scripture talks about, cared about his his men's approval more than God's. And as a result, the Bible tells us that he was like eaten by worms. No, it's kind of a terrible, crazy. terrible, terrible ending. But I think even metaphorically to think about what it means for your soul to be eaten away because of the power that you're giving social media or because you're living for the approval of man rather than the approval of the Lord. And I, I mean, I think it's interesting to think about that. Jesus continually was like, Nope, Nope, Nope. Don't give me attention and would run yeah. away. Nope, 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 Nope. Don't give me that praise. I'm running away. And this was Jesus, like the only one who actually was worthy of those things. But to be aware that in our sinful humanity, like we want that attention and yeah. we want those accolades and we want that think we just have to be very aware of our own sinful nature and continue to give it back to the Lord. I don't, I mean, you know, ask me again in 10 years, I might say something different right now. I don't think the answer is you don't build a platform. You yeah. don't sell your product. You don't do what God has called you to do. Cause in one sense, if God has given you a message yeah. or a, a passion, something you're fighting for justice, like social media is a great place to utilize that. Yeah. In a strange way, you as an author, right. Mm-hmm. And as a speaker, it would almost be arrogant of you to go, I'm going to write this out there and I'm not even going to try to build an audience. The I mean, question is, I just become, couldn't. Like, yeah, I couldn't that would sell be, anything. That would be foolish. Yeah. And you know what? You're not going to get a second book. Exactly. But exactly. the question becomes we talked about this. I talked about this earlier in the week with Steve Koble. Uh, Carl Truman had a great, we, we played a clip from him where he basically said one of the most dangerous things for preachers is the applause of thousands. Mm. He talked about how he, he was on a panel discussion in front of more thousands of people, more people than he'd ever been in front of. And he was nervous. And so he told a joke and everybody laughed. And his first thought was I could get used to this. Oh, wow. And wow, he said, wow, wow, he wow. said, I actually left there going, I don't know how people regularly speak to this many people without becoming narcissists and without mm. becoming bad for your soul. Yeah. And that's what I think this is getting at. Yeah. How can I, cause there are people who, should be speaking to thousands. Absolutely. But how do you do that 
and keep your integrity, keep your humility, yeah. keep your Christ likeness. Yeah. How do you write books and promote them and this and that without mm-hmm. getting a big head is why we often talk about it, right? Yeah. I don't know. What do you do? How, how would you help people? Because this is true for the business world, sports world, mm-hmm. everybody. You know, we do things that feed our, mm-hmm. our, our ego and that becomes unchristlike. I think you just can't ever get in a place where you're like buying your own press. Like the minute people are like, oh, I'm a a fan of Brian Fromm fan. And, and you just can't you just can't buy into that. Like, oh, I'm yes, I have fans. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't know. There's just I think being really mindful about like, yes, I want my books to sell. Yes, I want to promote those products like I do. I want to help, you know, my family and I want to mm-hmm. keep being, being able to do this. So don't get me wrong. But I just think if you start buying your own press or stop living like in actual relationship in your community, in a local church, under the authority of a pastor, like all of those things are so important when it comes to this sort of online persona. Are there people in your life that actually know the real you that you let in that aren't other celebrities? That's right. And, you know, it's interesting I feel like I've been around some of these more um, like persona type Mm -hmm. Christians and you recognize right away who has the humility of Jesus and Mm. still treats other people like they have dignity and treats them like, oh, we're just we're I'm we're just like each other. Like or the ones who they have letting the celeb, the fame go to their head. Yeah. And that's such a turnoff. I just, I don't know. I don't have much it, patience for that. Absolutely. So I, I found this to be interesting. How do we not lose our soul in this day and age of social media and other things? It's difficult. It is hard, but yeah. it's, it's imperative if we're going to try to follow after Jesus and his example. Coming up next, Aubrey, we're going we're gonna to open up our lives a little bit. I'm going to ask this question of both of us. We're going to talk parenting. You're going to answer this, and so will I. What do you do well? What could you do better? Mm, Okay, I like it. We're going to talk parenting and answer those questions next year on The Common Good. AIM 1160, hope for your life. And Aubrey, I want to talk about parenting. Mm, I've got kids. I've heard of it. Yes, yes. My uh, parenting is wonderful and also difficult over the holidays, right? A lot of family time. And so yes. my daughter's home from college. She will be for a couple more days. That has been glorious. Uh, and then I also have a 15-year-old who's a freshman in high school, a 13-year-old who's in the eighth grade. So 19, 15, 13, you've got uh, three sons. Three sons, and they are certain ages. No, uh, my <laughs> oldest is 16. My middle son is 13. My youngest son is 11. And they went back to school this morning. Thursday morning was their first day wow. back at school. My so. middle schooler went back on Tuesday of oh, this past really? week. But my son doesn't go back until Monday. So okay, yeah. Uh, I kind of wish. I mean, I know I love having them back in school, but I kind of wish we had until Monday. I don't know why. I just felt like it'd be nice to like complete yeah. the week. But we've had a nice time with them being It has been. All right. Let me put you on the spot here. Okay. What would you say if you you can answer this question objectively? What do you feel like you do well as a parent? Oh, and what do you feel like you wish you did better? Okay. Uh, The first thing that came to mind is I do a good job of um, like making moments and memories with my kids. So like just doing special things, making sure we mark and celebrate and I do, I think, actually a very good job of allowing my kids to express their emotions. So, I mean, I don't want to embarrass any of my kids, mm-hmm. but let's just say I've got two teenage sons 
who are not known for expressing feelings, you know, and, and I don't want to force them to do something that isn't natural to them. But when they need to, I allow them to. And I feel like I can be a safe space for them in that way. What do I wish I did better? You know what? I actually just thought about this kind of with the new year and with just some things that have happened over the past couple of weeks in my own life. I bedtime has been something that I've been like, just go to bed. You're fine. And like mm. um, moved from a season where when they were little, you tuck them in and you read them stories and you pray with them and you're exhausted and you hate it, but you love it. And it's special. Yeah. Now they're old enough. They just kind of go to bed. Yeah. And I was thinking recently, I would like to bring back. We don't have to do a whole like I'm not going to lay in bed with them necessarily and read them a story, but some intentionality at bedtime again. Yeah. Pray with, talk with, I think would be really meaningful to add that Those are good. into parenting. Yeah, I think for myself, uh, a little bit along the lines of what you said about having making moments. I think I'm good at having fun with my you kids. You are good at that. I know that about you. I think we have fun and I don't. I don't I don't suspect, you know, when I'm long gone and my kids are older talking about me that they're going to go. Dad was, you know, a real mean guy or no yeah, fun or oh, I hate yeah. that. like I think they'll look back and be like, we had a good time. Yeah, like Dad could do that. That's cool. But I saw a tweet that I think gets at what I feel like I struggle with sometimes. This person's name is Jamie uh, Beckler, uh, author, podcast host, speaker, oh. leadership consultant to pro and college teams. Whoa, well, now hey. we're going. All right, let me just read to this tweet. I and I think this is going to be a little window into where I struggle sometimes. I'd love to know what you think about this. Not about whether I struggle at this, but what yes. this yeah, what yeah. Jamie has gotcha. to say here. Parents, if you tend to blame others, then your kids will most likely blame others. Ooh. If you make excuses, your kids will likely make excuses also. Ooh. If you fail to <laughs> act responsibly, your kids will most likely avoid taking responsibility for your act for their actions. Your kids are watching. Oh, and then he has the emoji of two big eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, when I read that, I thought to myself, "It's convicting." Sometimes I'm a do as I say, not as I do guy. Yeah, like wishing right. that my kids wouldn't be on their phone so much as I'm on my phone all the time or wishing they would help around the house while I just sit on the couch or (laughs) wishing that they wouldn't be snarky with one another. And then I was snarky with their mom, you know, those types of things, totally wishing they wouldn't lose their temper, but they saw me lose their temper at them 10 minutes earlier. They would would not be so sarcastic as I am all the time sarcastic (laughs) or whatever. That is so true. So what do you think about what Jamie Beckler Uh, says here that, you know what, your kids in many ways, now when they get older, this starts to change a little bit, but you've you've had the seeds sown before that, that they tend to just reflect their parents. And you, if you're frustrated with things they're doing, maybe look in the mirror. What do you think about this? It's kind of that, like things are more caught than taught, Mm -hmm. I suppose. And especially in a family unit where like you really see each other. There's no hiding in a family when you live together and you like do life together. And so I, I think it's good to be mindful of, are my kids learning this bad habit or posture attitude or whatever from me? Mm-hmm. Have they gotten it from me? I know sometimes Kevin and I will like say, well, we're venting about church stuff or blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden one of us will inevitably stop and go, wait, we don't want our kids mm-hmm. to grow up thinking one, that their parents hate their own church. And two, we don't want them to do the same thing. We want them to hear stories of goodness and love. And, you know, you got to be real. It's not that you're fake with your kids, but I do think just to be more mindful of, yes, your kids are watching. Yes. yes. Your kids are watching. And, you know, maybe they're not watching intentionally, but they certainly are picking a whole manner of things up. And, 
So it's good. It's just good to be mindful of, I suppose. Yeah. And what's, what does this cause us to do? That's what I've been wrestling with ever since I read this, because yeah, it is true. Like our kids and here's a spot where it shows up. You might be thinking to yourself, well, then I'm screwed because I'm not a perfect parent. They're going to get it. <laughs> right. So one of the best things you can model for your kids is forgiveness. That's true. Is to go literally to your child mm-hmm. or your teenager or your preteen and say, listen, uh, I shouldn't have yelled at you. I, I really flew off the handle there. Uh, I shouldn't yeah. have done X. Hey, I'm sorry that I said this to you. Yeah. When you're lit, when your kids are really little, you can say things like, Hey, like dad's not perfect. Right. Like, but, right. but what I want you to know is when you mess up, you got to say you're sorry. When yeah. your kids are older, they don't need to hear that. But what they need to hear is like, Hey, I'm sorry. I did that. Yeah. And they I go, shouldn't okay. have done that. Because they, Can that you forgive me? Gets down. I think if you're like out there going, well, I'm not a perfect parent. None of us are, but that's mm-hmm. the point. Yeah. Like how do we reflect for our kids what it looks like to be somebody who offers forgiveness who says they're sorry Mm -hmm. i think this is this is like maybe if we could get this internalized not perfectly but internalized this might be the most important thing about parenting right here top five at least i do think that was one of the things i sort of longed for growing up was when we had a family conflict or and i my parents are great i love my parents i'm not trying to throw them under the bus but and um (laughs) That didn't happen a lot in my household. Like when Hmm. a parent lost a temper or a parent just, you know, there was just something that went wrong. There wasn't a lot of coming back to the conflict and like bringing resolution to it. And so I always felt like it was important with my own kids to be like, you know what? Mommy did. I lost my temper and I Mm -hmm. shouldn't have. I'm so, so sorry. Can you forgive me? And and make it a lesson. It's important that we ask for forgiveness when we hurt the other person. And just to instill that as part of the culture, I think it does help your kids learn that parents aren't perfect. And so in one sense, they don't put you on this pedestal that you're likely to fall down from, you know, Yeah. and then it teaches them, I think, some really good habits about when they have their own family and their own conflict with their friends or loved ones or whatever, how they should respond with humility and ask for forgiveness. And and um, and again, just to be mindful, like the things that we the way that we behave, our postures, our attitudes, our words that they're paying attention to. it. And also, here's another one for those of you who are Christ followers out there. Uh, and I'm guilty as charged on this one. You hear this story from people all the time. I really learned about a love for the Bible because every day that I got up, I saw my dad eating cereal and reading the Bible. I don't do that in front of my children. And now I go, but gosh, one of the things I could have done for them is just show them. You know, what's funny is I have a friend who's, um, husband would, so he'd be up in the morning reading the Bible and his kids would watch him. And he finally was like, I should just ask my kids to read the Bible with me. Mm, and so his good. kids get up in the morning and they read the Bible together. That's like a good dad. Right there you there. go. Winner. Yeah. Winner. Yep. Uh, as an aside, you know that I'm much more involved in youth sports than you are. Yes. Uh, parents, if your kids are jerks to refs, oh. probably because you're a jerk to the ref. Yeah. That's if they're fair. a bad teammate, mm-hmm. you've probably instilled that upon them. Like <laughs> The youth sports field is as bad as this gets it, right here. I believe that. Is for it. Sure. Uh, quick story on that. One time. Sadly, this guy went to my church at the time. Uh, they've since moved away, but I was coaching Little League Baseball. We're talking like fourth graders, fifth graders. Littles. And the one team, that so this other coach, he was always riding the ref, the umps. He was very just tense. Yeah. And his entire team of fourth graders was so tense, and they were the only team that would ever say things to the umpire. 
and do this. No. They're watching people. Like that's no that way. is the case. Yeah. Yeah. Let me read it one more time. If you tend to blame others, then your kids will most likely blame others. If you make excuses, your kids will make excuses also. If you fail to act responsibly, your kids will most likely avoid taking responsibility for their actions. Your kids are watching. Really, really convicting and strong words there. Well, so that we don't fly off the handle. So every now and then we need to get rid of our own stresses. We need to vent. Here on this show, we do this with a little thing called Grinds My Gears. We're going to do our first 2023 edition of Grinds My Gears. This is exciting, Brian. Next here on The Common Good, AM 1160. Hope for your life. Welcome back to The Common Good, AM 1160. Hope for your life alongside Aubrey Sampson. My name is Brian Fromm. Aubrey, that music means something to the show. (laughs) Yes, it does. This is our first Grinds My Gears of 2023. We've been storing them up. This is a a post-holiday version of Grinds My Gears. But Aubrey, remind people... Uh, what is the point of Grinds? Why do we yes. do this? I, lo- I actually love explaining Grinds My Gears. For some reason, there's something even therapeutic about it. It's sort of our version of therapy. We, <laughs> she, you know, we, free therapy. Yeah, we talk about on the show heavy and hard topics. We deal with complicated issues, especially regarding the church. Things that are deep and meaningful. This is not that. This is Brian <laughs> and I just literally venting about the most shallow things. Like... Waiters who squat down at the table or don't take your don't write down your order. That happened to me this last week. No way! And I told my children (laughs) we do a segment on the show, and this is it. We went out to breakfast. My daughter's home, so we're trying to do all this stuff. Uh, we went out to breakfast, and the lady, she got her order correct. She did, but she came up and she said, "What would you guys like to drink?" She didn't write it. Just stared at us, and I was like. I'm not. Just I'm, get I'm the not little pad to... and write it down, or That's put it in the iPad. Right. In this day and age. That's right. But yeah, yes, so this that is, what is what an we example. Do. It grinds my gears. We vent about petty things. They gave us a mic, so we just feel like this is our right to be petty. Basically, it makes us feel better in the end. Okay. Uh, do you want my New Year's resolution one, or would you like uh, someone that has to do with Twitter? I'm going to let you choose between oh, my two. These are both so good. We'll get to them both. Okay, but let's one might start re- with Twitter, because I feel like the New Year's resolution one could carry us for a little bit. So, uh, here, if you've ever been on Twitter, there's people who think that they are important enough. And forgive me if you've done this. <laughs> <laughs> they think they're important enough that when, like, say their flight gets canceled... Say their um, rental car has an issue. Say there's bad customer service. They then go to Twitter, tag the company. Oh, this is what my sister does. And you know they're doing this to get something free. Yeah, they want a reaction or whatever. From and it's the usually so. This wouldn't be your sister, but it's usually a blue checkmark person uh, who thinks they're pretty big. Yeah, there's some people who've been on our shows who have done this. Uh-oh. I've seen on Twitter. Uh-oh. But they will let's say that their luggage got lost, or so that's a bigger deal. Let's say they got to the rental car counter and they had to wait for two hours. Okay. Oh, at budget rental car, <laughs> tagging them. I'm so disappointed in blah 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 yeah. blah blah. The only reason you do that on Twitter yeah. is so that you get the mob 100%, going. 100%, right. So that we go, hey, person, I can't believe you. Had to, yeah. Hey, at budget, you better and make then this forced right. And they're to respond. And eventually, some customer service person at budget rental car yeah. or whatever is going, 
uh-oh, I better comp this guy a car, uh, a rental car, like or that? I better Sometimes give them I think a meal. That's a good use of social media. Like, like it feels if you arrogant can't, if you to me. If you can't go after businesses on social media and like get something, I don't know what the <laughs> point the of point? social media is. Is it that it, it's is it that a, it's a quote unquote celebrity doing it, it's or is it just anybody thing. doing it? it feels, yeah, big, the big timer. It feels like those blue checkmark people. They know yeah. I've got enough followers yeah. that I'm going to really tighten the I screws on this. Right. It wouldn't matter if I wrote to somebody and was like, right. I can't believe you did this to right. me. Uh, Would you rather they just wrote directly to the company, like, somebody, hey, budget, rent, yes, rent a call car. them, call them. Yeah. It feels performative. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You want attention and or I something. Saw a bunch. You can complain directly to the company. Like, I think I told you before, I was on a flight once with Southwest Airlines and someone in front of me had a yippy dog the entire flight. And I mean, a two hour flight, the dog didn't stop yipping. And it was so obnoxious. Everyone was mad. Yes. Everyone was so mad on that trip. And so I just wrote Southwest Airlines and they gave me like a $150 credit. I'm all for that. Yeah. I am That's all different for than getting doing it. it made right. Like if I would have gone on Twitter and been like, hey, Southwest Airlines, blah, 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 blah. Yes. That grinds your gears. Hey, my people. Yeah. Can you believe that they did? Or yeah. they, they, what's even worse is they write it to the company, but for everyone to be able to see. Mm-hmm. And then you know what happens. Oh, I can't believe they did that to you. Blah, blah, blah. And pretty soon blue yeah. checkmark person is getting a free one. So. Yeah. Okay. That's my first I, one. I have an online kind of drama thing that's similar. I want to vent about. There is someone in my life who puts all of her like friend drama on Facebook. So it'll be like, mm, I know, friend ev- drama. I know everyone's mad at at whoever Samantha. No, they don't. Smith. You know, whatever. I just made that name up. By the way, everyone's mad at so and so, but I'm here to say blah 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 blah, and it's like. What are you doing? This is not public. This is not meant for public consumption. Whatever this drama is, none of us do know what you're person. talking about. One, two, like, yeah, do it privately. Do it. And that grinds me gears. Like, I think that is bad. Oh, that's etiquette. bad. It's also just like immature. It's also just like you want you you like want you're inviting drama when you do something like that i would think that if that person was my friend they would cease to be my friend yeah i have actually stopped like i didn't unfriend but i did the thing where you like don't get their news feeds because i was like i don't even know what this is about and also i feel like i shouldn't like i shouldn't be seeing whatever this drama is that isn't really even about you online yes yeah i i this person consistently did that enough, but I don't think that's a good use of social media. Not either. At that all. grinds my gears. Okay. You and I mentioned we, if people are, are good and listeners, they've heard us touch on this one before. Okay. But I'm going to vent to you about something around new years. Okay. And forgive me again, if this is you out there, that's the <laughs> point we're going to get every, we're going to get you every now and yeah, then. Of course we are. Okay. This is going to sound so petty, Aubrey, and it's going to really, it might insult you. It's when for New Year's resolutions, the people who go on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter tell you and they go, my one word for the year is <laughs> I can't handle it. I can't handle it. Do you it. know this is a whole thing? Like people like. Oh, I know. There are actually I'm like, why didn't I get on this action? People who are like, here's how to create your word for the year. And it's like they've published something about how you like pray through it and you think through it and you sit silently before God and you like reflect on last year and what the, and it's like a whole process and then yeah you get your word made into like a necklace or a bracelet or like people are profiting 
from it, too. I I don't understand the one word. I'm all for the resolution. <laughs> I'm all for the. I actually hey. think the one word is so cheesy, too. Like, I think I've tried it in the past, and I'm like, this is stupid. This doesn't work. I don't even know what this is. <laughs> and it's sometimes it is. Gosh, this is petty. Sometimes it comes across as like, you know, you just described. I am sitting down yes. and this one word is coming. It's like virtue and it's, signaling, sort of. And you know what it never is? It's never a bad word. It's like the for, it's like the fortune cookies from the Chinese restaurant, right? Where you always get a good. I, my thing on fortune cookies is I'll start believing them when, if there's a possibility I can open them up and be like, "You're going to get hit by a bus yeah, tomorrow." Like no one's ever like, "Go in debt." That's right. my that's my word of the so, year. So the word is always like refresh, prosperity. Yeah. Tranquility. It's never like stress or sleepless nights. Exactly. It's never these. Uh, Can I tell you who dislikes these more than I do? Yeah. My wife. No way, really? Oh, I'd love to hear Carrie talk about it. This is what got me thinking about it because she just vented on it the other day. It's a whole like, it's a whole industry. Like, I'm telling you, people do it. And I mean, I've got girlfriends who are really into it and they're like, yeah, I'm just praying about my year, my word of the year. And I think it's going to be. And I was like, you know what? My word is just like get up survival one one foot step at a time this can year. i can i be can i be really uh really sexist here yeah 90 percent of the time it's women it's definitely women like, i mean i I'm don't trying, think that's, i might be being nice i don't there. know that that's sexist i think that is accurate <laughs> it has accurate. been targeted at women and women use it and, i think yeah. for the for next month every guest that we have we should ask them first <laughs> what's hey what's your, your one word, word? <laughs> what's your word for 2024 and then we just like make a face behind them <laughs> <laughs> we do it until somebody goes, that's dumb. Up, or we something. should come up with the, uh, one of our top five lists should be like ironic words of the year. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> What's your word of the day of the year? Congested. Restless. <laughs> All right. That felt good. That felt good. Ah, New good. Year's. All of you one word people, we love you. We love you. We bless we you. We're just not we just don't understand. <laughs> love the you. sin, hate the sinner. Wait, no, love the sinner, hate the sin. <laughs> well, Brian and I will be back again tomorrow from four to six PM. For Brian Fromm, I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to the Common Good on AM eleven sixty, hope for your life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.